Tom Gerhardt and Dan Provost are the guys behind Studio Neat. On this show, we discuss entrepreneurship, product design, and all of the ups and downs that come with running a small business. I'm Mike Hurley, and this is Thoroughly Considered. Happy New Year, boys. Happy New Year. Year. I got a little choked up there. I was so excited (laughs) about it. I just missed you, you know? We haven't spoken in so long. It's been a while. It's been a really long time. Miss the boys. Miss the boys. Um, (laughs) Kind of, how was your, how was Studio Needs holiday season? Oh, um, I cast our minds back. (laughs) It was good. It was our biggest holiday season ever. Heck yeah, it was. But we also paid, had a lot of ads that we paid for. So oh. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't feel like it doesn't. I would actually say it doesn't from a like money in the bank point of view. It doesn't feel like way different. Okay. Exactly. Um, okay. So th- it was a very large revenue. Yeah. Yeah, and so it, like, worked. Like, and I think that we will do the same thing again. Um, You know, maybe, like, change up the marketing tactics a little bit. But in general, it, like, was successful and, like, we did what we wanted and stuff. But, you know, it's just this um, still getting used to this kind of, like, lower margin situation with with paid ads. And so it's, like... I guess this was the first, like, this is was this the first Christmas? Yeah. With this mentality, yeah. yeah, okay, yeah. So it's just you know it's just new. Um, it's good. I mean, we got a lot of new customers. We sold a lot of things. Like we made money. It's good, but it's just it. Um, if we would have had this quarter and weren't doing paid ads, it would have been like holy, like what happened? Like holy crap! <laughs> <laughs> but you know, so it does it. So it's like it was this weird like caveat of like, oh, okay, like we just don't have a. Like, it's funny when we go over like metrics with our like financial people or like our ad people and we try to do any year over year comparisons, it's like pointless because the business is completely different. Because so we don't have it's like we have some like trend line or something and we're like, oh yeah, this was relatively good because there's no relative anymore. So, um, so that's why I think I'm always like hedging the answer on that is like because it, uh, I don't know, you know, um, I don't really know. But it, but yeah, it's, by all accounts, it seems good. Dan, I mean, do you do you agree? Yeah, I it seemed uh, pretty successful. I mean, along with the ad stuff, we kind of amped up our email marketing strategy, which previously it was extremely conservative. It's basically sending one email <laughs> on uh, Cyber Monday with like a modest discount code. Yep. And so we like done some reading and seeing uh, some different strategies. And our ad guy also like pointed us in the direction of some like email marketing strategies. And so we kind of based our strategy around this thing. It's called like a four peaks strategy where instead of, Considering the kind of Black Friday time of year, this like one event, it's actually three to four kind of disparate times where people might be like looking to buy something or interested in hearing from you or whatever. So it's been uh, a little bit of a process you know kind of like psyching ourselves up to be like are we do we is it okay if we send more emails like is that okay will will people be mad and so i'd actually like be curious to hear from listeners like did you even notice that like we said we sent more emails? yeah that's true absolutely yes, yeah. not no they well, didn't I don't, you never know it's hard <laughs> no, to know they didn't notice because anybody that has ever bought anything got millions of emails they weren't like hang on a minute i got two from studio Nick. yeah well yeah but the question yeah no that's so that's the thing it's not uh, we're not afraid of being worse than other we're brands. We're not afraid. It's more, it's more like, were we, the, the, the un, it's like, did we like crush the baby? Like, <laughs> like, were we actually notable because we did that to people notice, which I'm guessing is no, but let's pretend there's a reality where people noticed. Yeah. 
And because we then shifted to being a little bit more normal, which is we're not still like even in the median, I think of like number of emails and whatever, are people like now like, oh, that's a little bit sad. I mean, there's obviously some people, but they're going to be people that like listen to this podcast and really care and whatever. And it's fine. I mean, good. We're like with you. It's, it's like a little uncomfortable. Yep. But I mean, it's just the reality of like running a business like this. But I will say that I would say all of the emails we sent were felt like they were like convenient or useful yeah. kind of it was like this early bird email where just like hey we're probably going to sell out of stuff do it now it's not as big of a discount as black friday but like you should order it now mm-hmm. the next one was like hey black friday and then a cyber monday and they were different promotions that worked for different people depending on what they want to do and then we were going to do a fourth email that we ended up not doing because of stock issues and stuff right before Christmas, which was like a good, like get a free notebook, like kind of promotion last chance, which yeah, I think felt still feels felt good to us, but it was just like, we were having like stock, like supply issues. There's no stuff. point telling people to come buy stuff. If you've got nothing to sell them. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. No, that that's the thing that I grabbed onto when we were coming up with marketing strategy and convincing ourselves to send more emails than we have in the past, it was, are these, is this actually useful? Like, are we actually doing something nice for the customer by sending this email? Like, is this actually helpful? And so that is what formed the strategy. Like Tom said, it's like the early bird thing, uh, which was like our first promotion of the holiday is like a useful thing where it's like, yes, we, we have been having stockouts all year. So it's like, if you're, sh- if you know you want this thing, then just buy it now. Cause we might run out and we did run out of many products. Um, like as we got later into the season. So that was a really good, uh, kind of thing to grab onto like frame, and to, yeah. In, yeah, framework for the, the marketing. So that felt good. And that's like a good thing to remember moving forward is like, yeah. yep. don't just think about sending emails or sending more emails. Think about like, what are you actually like offering or providing to the person that's receiving this email, which yeah. sounds obvious, but yeah, I'm starting the email world. You'll be happy to know <laughs> that, that we're doing it. We're getting people that's when they buy something, they're going to be in the Cortex brand email flow. Like it's starting. The groundwork is being laid. And I'm having these like conversations with myself where I'm like, what do I want it? Like, what do I want it to be? And and it's been helpful in talking to you two and also just like observing what you do. It just feels like a very good like, oh yeah, okay, this makes sense to me of like, I want to do stuff that's from me, which is like, this is brand focused, right? Like, you know, I, I like email that I get from you and emails I get from Ugmonk, which are mm-hmm. not even about your products. Like, here's just some stuff that I like. And if you like mm-hmm. these products, you want, might like it too, right? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. I like that kind of stuff. And I want to maybe also write some things every now and again. Like, here's what mm-hmm. I'm thinking about. And that, you know, they can mm-hmm. write a little article to people if they want it but then also we're working on this the transactional stuff like i don't know if you have this but we're gonna work on like a welcome flow right so like Mm -hmm. someone signs Mm -hmm. up for the first time or buy something for the first time and we kind of like introduce them to the brand at large Mm -hmm. i don't really we don't know the content of this yet just knowing that yeah Yeah. we want to have these things and then also similarly like having product stuff and we're, we're using flowdesk Mm-hmm. Is the tool that we're going to use? Do that sends the emails, or is it just doing the logic and something else sends the emails? All of it. They do. They do. They have okay. automation, and then they also have like the email building tools and mm-hmm. uh, sending. They also have like nice segmentation. So we're going to have like you yeah. know people can update their preferences, but choosing what types of emails they want to get and stuff like that, yep. which I think is kind of is kind of nice. Mm-hmm. So like that mm-hmm. is like a big thing that I'm working on like every day at the moment. And there's like four people working. It's like a whole thing because it's like it's complicated. Like if you want to do yeah, it yeah. correctly, it's like you've got to spend a lot of time on it. And because I don't want to do all of this, and nobody wants to stay subscribed. Like it's got mm-hmm. to be good, mm-hmm. right? Like you've you've got to yeah. do the best you can, and also similarly, I don't want it to just. Be, I don't want to be like junking up and crapping up people's email inboxes, right? Like, yeah, 
there is an element of that that you just have to accept, right? Like if I'm talking about being on a walk and flow, that means if in the space of a couple of weeks, you're going to get a few emails from me. Yeah. But I want them to feel good. Yeah. But I'm also like, the more I look into it, the more I have to just like accept that like, this is what companies like us just do. And if yeah, we're not yeah. doing it, we can't compete ultimately, right? Yeah, like yeah. everyone else is doing it. It's not even about competing. It's about surviving. Yeah. And this is something I'll say that there's no way for this to not sound defensive because it's like <laughs> what we do, but you know, there you see it all the time on black Friday or cyber Monday, you know, people on social media posting like happy unsubscribe day, you know, like this attitude where I'm getting all this crap in my inbox and I can't wait to unsubscribe to all these unsavory emails. And I get that, you know, when you're, lumped in with you know the bed bath and beyonds of the world like it's not (laughs) it doesn't feel good but i will just say uh, it, it, it is important to understand for small companies like ours uh being able to send emails to people to hopefully get them to buy something is critical like that is that's the thing like (laughs) that uh we have all these other things and there's there's social media and there's advertising and all these things but i think to this day it's like the email list is our kind of like beating heart it's like uh, it seems like the most important continues to be true the the most the like the easiest and best way to reach out to people and like get their attention and so it's very like sacred to us and very important to us. And we take it seriously and we like care about protecting your inbox and not spamming you and having thoughtfully written things and nice emails and all this thing. But so kind of like the flippantness of like happy unsubscribe day, you know, obviously irks me because it's like, uh, that is how small businesses stay alive. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, just put that out there. <laughs> I get it. Like, and I, and it is, it's com- this is those complicated things, right? Where it's like, yeah, yeah. I know how that feels, and I know what it means. But I also know that, like, if you're not in this world, that means nothing. It means nothing, right? To yeah, you, yeah, right? yeah. Like, why would you care? But like, you know, people they hit close to home you know, with that, with yeah. those kinds of, with those kinds of messages. But that's like, the thing is that boys, we're, we're better than that. You know, as you say, we're better <laughs> than Bed Bath and Beyond. And like, there was some brands where I was getting like multiple emails a day during the Black Friday time. It's like, what are you well, doing? That's the, I mean, that's what the you... advice. That's like the yeah. advice you get. Like if you listen to marketers that are probably not, they're like probably pretty good and not like scuzzy. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, they're like, yeah, you should send several a day. So we amped it up way up from yeah. what we were doing in the past. And we're still probably like an order of magnitude, fewer emails than like <laughs> what is recommended. Well, I genuinely believe that our customer bases are different. Mm-hmm. Maybe. In that, like, I would expect that the majority of customers that you have and customers that I have, they are inherently because of the type of products that we make maybe more discerning maybe more technology focused like that's just the type of person that they are yeah yeah they are not the yeah. type of person who has seven thousand unread emails in the right. email inbox right because <laughs> that is who the sending multiple messages a day is probably to get right because yeah it is a person whose email inbox is so large the only Doesn't way you're going to get them is if you've hit them at the exact <laughs> moment they're already looking at their email inbox because yeah. they're not yeah. going through it right and so it's yeah. like that is where it makes yeah. sense but i would assume that we probably over index on people those lives are not like that yeah it's hard it's hard to uh, I, yeah i think there's an audience difference and i think also just there's a company difference like yeah. Banana Republic needs to send different emails than we do. And they, they have a million different, it's like, oh, we're going to send an email just about sweaters or mm-hmm. just about men's accessories, like belts and ties. You know, it's <laughs> like they, they have such a huge like product catalog that you can kind of slice it different ways and come at it at different angles. Whereas if you're pretty small, you know, you're just repeating yourself, mom and pop shop, you know, yeah. where, uh, there's only like so many products we have to sell and then you just kind of run out of things to talk about. And I guess yeah. when you get to those kinds of scale, if you get a 0.2% improvement, right, in mm-hmm. the sales that you're going to make because it you matters. sent that fourth yeah. email today, like y- if yeah. you're Banana Republic, you will do that, right? Yeah. Where yeah. 
for me, and I'm assuming for you too, that is not necessarily worth the reputational damage that you yeah. might. Because that's important Maybe, to us. yeah. It's hard. It's really hard to... I think that we were far more too much in that camp though. Like, and I, yeah, and yeah, who yeah. knows if we're in the... We're almost certainly not in the right balance right now, right? It's like, there is a balance there of imagining like what harm you might or might not be doing to the brand, like what the customer's experience is. And then again, these like real issues of like, you know, sustainability for a business. And it's hard to know that now you can look at just numbers, right. Of like, Oh, well we can look at the, you know, the unsubscribe rate and see like, Oh, this is fine. But that actually doesn't completely hides any brand tarnit, you Mm -hmm. know, tarnishing or whatever that is like really kind of impossible to like put metrics on so that's all right it's kind of impossible if you want to be thoughtful about like what you're doing you're always against this situation where you have like metrics on one side and then like this feeling or intuition or whatever that is not metrics and you're like trying to balance the two and it's like impossible it's like nearly impossible um and the only thing to do is to just like probe and like see how it you know try it see how it feels you know the, so it's really interesting uh and i'm sure we're not at the right spot but i think that we could for us like knowing that we need to send emails and putting the energy into sending emails that are more thoughtful and useful in terms of like either new additions of products or something that's useful or whatever is the way to is the way to do it where it's like, Mm -hmm. we're kind of forcing ourselves to send more emails, but then also at the same time finding like, like creative ways to do that, that are like actually some value add stuff. So Mm -hmm. it's, it's tricky. Uh, It's definitely tricky. Like we haven't really, well, it's funny. We're starting to do it now with like cross sell, like automated emails, but we, we never send emails that are like, Hey, here's this product that's already launched do you just want to buy it? You know, it's like, it's always some <laughs> right. user yeah. has done something and we're like, you know, so I don't know. It's interesting. It's interesting. But like a lot of people, like when we were talking about this email stuff to like some consultants and people that we hired to help us think through and implement some of this stuff, they'd be like, yeah, well, but think about it. Like this person's probably never seen or heard about, or like got the launch email for this product. And so it's like, why would mm-hmm. you not launch it to them basically be like, Hey, this is a thing that exists, you know? So it is, it's like, that's true. Why not? You know? So Mm -hmm. that's, that's, um, yeah, it's, it's all, you know, it's all very new waters for us. And, and, uh, I'm sure it will evolve. In your email system, maybe this is too complicated, right? But like, do you know what's, what someone's bought before? Oh yeah. Yeah. You do know that. Yeah. So we have, we have, these are new and they'll be getting better, et cetera, but we have flows where it's like if someone bought a Mark one at a certain time, we will be like, Hey, there's a cross sell email for like a notebook. Like, Hey, you have this Mark one. Let's imagine this might be too complicated. Let's say like I buy a Mark one and then later on of my own accord buy a pano book. Yeah. Does your system, like your email system, does it know that both of those sales have happened like does it does it know that i know above them the, the data is there yeah i'm not sure if the flow cross, cross sell flows we have right have a specific thing for that yeah we, we didn't go crazy and even though we so it was interesting so we you know we um hired some people to help us like map out these flows mm-hmm. and implement it in clavio our email system and at first, they're like, oh, yeah, these flows will be simple. But because we're so picky about, like, we want to be really efficient with emails, the fl- the logic is, like, quite complex. It's like, well, have they bought this and not this? Then do this. And you get this, like, right. tangled mess. But you can do it. Like, it's hooked into Shopify. So it knows, like, what the purchase history of every customer. So okay, you could, so theoretically. The system's talking back to Shopify. To yeah, get they're, like, before, synced right. together. Right. So yeah. it's like, mm-hmm. okay, we want you to send an email to everyone that's bought this and not this, but if they bought that, send them this instead. And it can just, like, dig a It's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty mm-hmm. cool. So it's it's cool, um, but it's, you know, it is, it's, it's actually somewhat complex. It's nice that we don't have that many SKUs. It sounds very complex. Yeah. yeah. So, um, <laughs> but, and it's nice like up until now things have been pretty like pins notebooks and then this like group of like apple things and in the future that will probably even get more complex so we'll see but i think having done that once it now feels like a um 
just like a thing to kind of maintain and like keep designing rather than like mm-hmm. a rip off the bandaid, like let's try this. So mm-hmm. that's kind of what this year has been is like for us is like j- just ripping off the bandaid on a bunch of different stuff, like try, like having tried a lot of things and um, we're going to be spending the next kind of like month, like kind of cleaning up a little bit where it's like, okay, we know these, we want these parts but we need to like make these things work a little bit better or make sure these things are tighter before <laughs> this year. We're still going to continue to rip band-aids off and try new things. Uh, but <laughs> uh, we're going to have a little bit of a settling period of like, okay, let's like make sure these things are like tight, like cleaned up and tightened up a little bit. Um, so it's good. Uh, but it's, it's, it is hard. It's really hard. I would say like, in, except for the last year, we operated this business like almost only on like intuition and gut and like mm. only relying on like our intuition and feeling about what the customer would want and what the brand should be. Right. And we never really took, we never really listened to like metrics. We weren't ever like driving, like following metrics or making decisions based on them. And we didn't go like crazy the other way, but definitely this year it's been like way more metrics and numbers and thinking about like, month to month, sustainability, all this stuff. And I don't know what I think yet about that. Like definitely we like grew the business, like it doubled, like we doubled our revenue from last year to this year. Uh, But there's a lot more cost. It's not profit, right? It's just like, we probably like made less money, (laughs) but it's like, but there's all these reasons why, but, uh, but we definitely, like tried all these things that are kind of more metrics driven. And I don't know, it's going to be interesting just this dance between those two things where it's like, now it feels like we want Dan and I want to go back to, okay, turn off the metrics for a minute. And like, let's go back to our intuition and just make sure from a design level, these like softer things that everything's really good because it's easy. Like when you're chasing the metrics and doing all that stuff, for you to design it towards kind of the metrics more or just like making it happen. Like, let's be a little messy. Let's be like a little bit less thoughtful than we would be to just try these experiments. And now it's like, okay, we have a lot of data and we know some pieces that we definitely want to fit in. And we need to like go back to like that kind of softer, like, okay, but does this feel right? And let's make sure and like tighten this stuff up. So, Mm. I mean, maybe that's just a good healthy dance, like a little back and forth pendulum. Um, but it's been feeling that way for, I think, a couple of months, right, Dan, where we're just like, mm-hmm. we need to clean this stuff. <laughs> like, let's clean mm-hmm. this up, kind of. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's it's, uh, it's good. I mean, I'm really, I'm really, gl- like, glad and proud of us for the last year in terms of, like, what the changes we've made and everything. Um, but it's been, you know, a rocky, stressful ride. Yeah. Mostly. (laughs) (laughs) Is that going to be the focus for this coming year, for 2024, though? Like, just, like, embedding these things? and. Uh, No, I mean, we still need to... We we, we still need to grow some. Uh, Unless we can just, like, find some magic marketing efficiency, we probably need to grow revenue. Just because we're kind of in this, like, middle ground and and we want to be in a little bit different place. And so... Uh, yeah, I think, and what that means is just like, yeah, no, we actually need, still need to take some risks with trying new things and new approaches and kind of that now, but, but again, ideally we have the time in the next like month or two to like get some fundamental things like back solid in terms of where we want. And this is all like little stuff, but it's just, it feels right for the brand and then try some new experiments instead of just keeping on the gas and being okay, let's do blank, (laughs) try whatever. So, but again, I think that that's never going to happen again. Like we won't ever go back to where we were a year ago where we were kind of in this, um, I don't know if complacency is the right word, but we were just like cruising along. And I just don't think we, I just don't think it works that way anymore. Like I think, we just don't have the uh, uh, luxury, basically, to 
rest on any amount of laurels. It's like, it's, it's going to be a continual process of like experimenting and trying new things. And, but at the same time, trying to keep our souls <laughs> like in the, the brand and like, you know, what makes it uh, successful in the first place and all that. So, mm-hmm. uh, it's definitely a, like a new dance. It's like a new complex complexity, but it feels, it can feel daunting for sure. But in general, I can let myself like feel like satisfied and excited about like what we've done and proud. Yeah. But it is hard. What about you, Mike? Oh, well, the end of the year was very good. Um, we, we spent a lot of 2023 just kind of like floating along from thing to thing, like tr- trying to just, you know, we we launched the Sidekick Notepad at the beginning of the year, mm-hmm. and then the rest of the year was mostly around trying to give that product its best shot, because, mm-hmm. you know, we've done things here and there over the last four years, four or five years that we've been, me and Gray have been working on this stuff together, but really it was, we were the journal company, and that yeah. was mm-hmm. what we did, and that was our business. And there was definitely a feeling from my side that, like, if we can't come up with something of equivalent size, then I think we'd need to go back to the drawing board a little bit um, because you can't really be a one-product company and everything else is just, like, coming nowhere near it. Mm -hmm. And I felt like we had a good product in the Sidekick Notepad and it did stuff that I was happy with. It worked the way that I wanted and it was good quality. And I felt like if we couldn't make that work, I don't know what we could make work at least in paper Mm -hmm. um and it started very well and then we just spent the rest of the year kind of like uh thinking about how the product could be branded into the long term and we're working with you know we spoke about it before content creators to create nice imagery for us and stuff and it was culminating in gray making a video for his youtube Mm -hmm. channel and Mm -hmm. to prepare for that we ordered too much stock like you know like basically we ordered as much as it would become fiscally irresponsible to have uh because we know we we'd, we've we've had this two times before he's made two videos about the journal um and each time we totally sold out and mm-hmm. i wanted to to understand what the actual real impact of a video like that could be if you don't sell out yeah. within mm-hmm. 48 hours. Um, mm-hmm. And also I kind of felt like we should just be better at running our business than doing <laughs> that, this again, yeah. right? Like that, like yeah. we should yeah. be able to- Having prepare. that ceiling, that built-in ceiling basically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the video went out and it's been an, it has been a success that exceeded my expectations um Mm -hmm. and exceeded like my best case like it's been it's been bananas like it's it's been Mm -hmm. super good we are gonna run out uh Mm -hmm. i mean it's on a much longer (laughs) time frame right like we put the video up at the end of november the very beginning of december um and we're probably gonna run out of stock in like somewhere between the next 30 to 45 days Mm -hmm. and we have an order in but as is the way that one of the the materials that we need is delayed. And so we will go out of stock. Um, But we're going to do pre-orders now, which we've not done before. uh, Because I'm very uh, confident with the The supply chain. The supply chain. Similarly, like we've run out of our Mark 1s and we're going to put a pre-order up this week. Like we've been working on Cotton Bureau about like making that the way we want it to be because I'm confident in your supply chain. And so like, <laughs> you know, I, with these products. You I'm, are? <laughs> Wait, I, someone is. Someone is. It's me. And, um, you know, that that is a definitely, it's, it's a new world for me. It's one that I'm nervous about. I don't want to let anybody down. But at the same time, mm-hmm. you know, I feel like we can make it work. Um, mm-hmm. And also because it will be an interesting thing to learn, like our... Our sales right now of the Sidekick Notepad, even today, it's like four to five times larger per day than we were doing before the video. And mm-hmm. now mm-hmm. I'm really keen to be like, what happens if it's on pre-order? Like, how much does that change? Yeah. Like, does it change customer behavior? I'm expecting it does, but I don't know by how much. Um, yeah. And so, and also, I really don't want to just 
have the product be out of stock when I'm yeah. confident that I will have it in, in a decent time frame. So yeah, it's this has been the most successful period we've had as a company by a long way. And part of that is also now that we have a range of products. So yeah. mm-hmm. people have more than one thing to buy if they yeah. want mm-hmm. to. And like that makes a big difference that if you have a boom time, uh, having lots of products. Yeah, people coming on your site. Yeah. They, they're like, people will be like, oh, I also want one of those and I'll get one of those as well. You know, like, yeah. and, and so that's, that's been very interesting to see and it's informing uh, my thinking. And it's also like the, the sidekick notepad is pretty decent for this because we have the main construction done, right? And yeah. so, but I can change what's on the page. So like we just yeah. put a calendar version out and I'm working on two other layouts that we might do. And so, you know, someone mm-hmm. comes to buy one and they're like, oh, I'd also like that one. Or they come mm-hmm. to the site and they're like, I don't want it like that, but I'll, I'll like it like that. And when you have a, you know, and it's, these, are all, these are all basic things, but like, you know, the, having uh, uh, multiple products that are made exactly the same is very cost efficient because yeah. we can just be like, <laughs> you're already making like a thousand of this one. Can you make like 500 that's like this? Yeah. And it's yeah, way yeah. cheaper than if I ordered just 500. Yeah. Yeah, that one. Yeah, thing. so yeah, it's yeah. Th- it's been a good period. I, you know, I, it was a lot of nerves going into the holidays this year, yeah. um, mm-hmm. and it it's it paid off. It paid off big time. So, and now cool. I'm well, really congrats. excited about this year. So thank you. Obviously, I'm very much on themes. Right, we're all about themes at Cortex yeah. Brand, mm-hmm. and we have mm-hmm. a theme for mm-hmm. the company. And this year is the year of basics for us, where mm. there are things that we have not done and have had the luxury of not needing to do because of the way our business is structured yeah but we should do them and email is that one thing and and Uh nobody in my life has pushed me more about this than the two of you like when we talk just the three of us you know it's always like you've got to have an email newsletter you have to have one and so yeah yeah, we're working on it now but like that's one part and there's some other things that i want to do i want to get a bit more serious about advertising um Mm -hmm. than we have been uh, mm-hmm. and a few other little bits and bobs like that, like just boring, like admin stuff. I feel mm-hmm. like yeah. maybe maybe we've we have run the company a little bit, like kind of how it is, not how it should be. You know, where it's it's not mm-hmm. Michael Gray's main source of income, and I yeah. think because of that, we've kind of just allowed some things to just like run on. Where I feel yeah. like mm-hmm. maybe we mm-hmm. should be paying a bit more attention to certain stuff, and yeah, yeah. yeah. So i'm 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 feeling really good about where we are right now going into the rest of the year it actually now feels a little bit more like a real company that that mm. it did like this time last year which i'm very yeah. pleased about that's cool yeah no that make that feels right too yeah like you definitely and the stuff that you know we've seen you do has been all like really good so it's like okay you're really you're coming in half i feel happy with the products right and so like i feel like the quality's there and we're we're making improvements to everything all the time, and so now it's like, all right, we're we're doing this now. Like this is this is yeah. it. We're doing it now, and so I, I feel pretty pretty bullish about the next year or so. Cool, yeah, that's awesome. Talking awesome. about nice products, though. Oh, what a transition! <laughs> keep book. This is. I feel like the idea of the keep book I've heard about for a really long time, and it, and it's like found its Maybe. way into different products right and yeah. and gone in and out again but do you want to talk about what the keep book is yeah so keep book is our newest thing we just launched it today like this morning <laughs> yeah well this uh, podcast will come out a couple of days later probably but <laughs> yeah but but i mean for in terms of us, us recording so mm-hmm. yes and uh it's it's our take on kind of just the classic hardcover journal notebook and so the way i like to talk about it is it kind of feels like the culmination of everything we've learned over the past several years in making notebooks it's kind of all smooshed together into one notebook so it looks like the marriage of the tote book and the panel book like in yes its exactly it looks a lot like that yeah so it, if you're familiar with those it's like the tote book and that it is essentially the same size the same footprint it's thicker. It's basically twice as many pages, so it's a thicker. Has a hard cover instead of a soft cover, so it's more like the Panda book in that regard. And then it has a 
sturdy slipcase like the uh, like the Panda book, and it also has a a woven twill bookmark, which is the first time we've done anything like that. And then also unique to this, which we haven't done before, is there's three different versions. So there's the dot grid version, which again is exactly the same as the tote book and the panel book. Then there's a ruled with numbered pages. It's our first time doing that. And then there's a blank one, but it's not just blank. It's blank, but a completely different paper than the other notebooks. And this is super thick, possibly too thick. I'm interested to hear (laughs) customer feedback. We may have have done it. (laughs) It's it's 240 GSM. That is, Uh, all right, so just to to put that into, that is cardboard, essentially. Like what you think of as cardboard It's like water, it's watercolor paper. It's like art watercolor paper. But 240 GSM is is serious. It's substantial. And it's really toothy, too. Yeah, so it's like it has a texture. It's like toothy watercolor paper. And the inspiration for this is so when I was in grad school and I was always on the hunt for a notebook to, uh, you know, to take notes in class or to do, you know, design sketches or whatever. And the one I landed on was the watercolor Moleskin or Moleskin A. I don't know how we're pronouncing Moleskin. Moleskin A. And same idea, like thick, toothy watercolor page. I wasn't doing watercolors. I, it was just a pen on paper, taking notes, doing sketches. But I just really liked the thick paper and I really liked the toothiness of it. I didn't like that they only sold them in landscape orientation. Like they didn't, they didn't sell that paper in their kind of traditional, uh, upright, you know, portrait notebook yep. style. So that was the kind of inspiration for this, for this blank sketchbook version. And the reason the paper is so thick is we privileged correctly or not. Uh, I'm curious to hear customer feedback, like zero show through to the other side like you can lay a sharpie down on this or prismacolor markers you can like hold you will, a sharpie down. <laughs> you will you will not see any of it on the other side you so have it's to like cut a you, hole in this paper you gotta to cut see it, get your exacto blade out <laughs> right um and so i think it's just a really great sketchbook and it's really uh for like you know really, sketch it's like actually a sketchbook you know it's not yeah. for writing like you would not use yeah. this for writing yeah. And, yeah, and it's like the, the dark grid is a sketchbook if you're sketching yeah. this yeah. is this is yeah. more this is an art book right this is yeah. for yeah. art like that, that if you're painting if you're just you know, multimedia i think yeah 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 i bet it would be a nice journal right because you could stick stuff to it like you know like people are called um like a travel journal like you know if you're like yeah. if you're mm-hmm. a person that likes to sketch and you're like traveling it's like watercolor and like yep. writing like yeah it's great it's like perfect there's a that. term that that i've heard brad use before and I, I don't remember what it is but it is this like a, a, a like a journal that you would use for mixed media where you would write mm-hmm. in it but you'd also like stick tickets yeah. in it and like you'd you'd yeah. cut out parts of a magazine and put them in there and like it's got uh-huh. that kind yeah. of like collage mm-hmm. like scrapbook yeah. kind of mm-hmm. thing yeah so it's it's so that would be really interesting like a the breakdown of that paper i actually think because we have a ruled version i'll be really curious to see how popular that is and if it makes us do a ruled version of like you know tote i book would or be whatever. personally very intrigued to know what your breakdown <laughs> is for rule yeah. <laughs> oh mike like you might i uh, want to know for, <laughs> for <laughs> could share no that proprietary information with you um, <laughs> But also, it's just interesting, like, this is probably the, well, I don't know. Part of me wants to say it's the least, like, uh, unique notebook we've made, which is probably true. But it's just so nice. Like, I I mean, I don't, I guess I don't know every notebook that exists, but, and and I'm obviously extremely biased, but, like, it's really good. It's, like, (laughs) world-class notebook. It's, like, we've made it. We've done it. We've done, like, a top three maybe five notebook right like they're really good paper's really good feels great whatever so that just feels awesome that we can like make a notebook that's like really nice it has some unique features that we can like you know market it with and it just i just feel proud and it's like feels really solid and i just like that we have it and the way that we are kind of the paper stuff fits into our brand is like two different ways it's like a it's they're great accessories and add-ons to like the kind of marquee like writing instruments and stuff that we have now. And 
I don't know how that'll work with Keen, but I also feels like his desk, it's like just related to lifestyle stuff. If you want to cut a piece of paper up, you know. You yeah, if you want to see through. through. <laughs> That's right. You got to use this. Uh, and then the other way is just like, it's really great lower price point entry stuff for us. Um, and and like usually when people come in from like a, and a paper ad, they will buy other paper things at the same time. Yeah. And so it's just nice to have another option to kind of like just round everything out. So, yeah, I feel really good about it. I, it's it. Uh, I think it's just yeah. It feels really. I just like it. It, just, it feels foundational or something. It's like adding mm-hmm. like a like just like a, like a classic thing yeah. into the mix. And so um, that feels really good. Having not used it yet, but I've ordered them because I know it's going to be good. Like you know, you're saying about like the the top tier, like. Most people, I think, to an element of rightly so, look at a product like this, and Moleskine is the gold standard. They they yeah. do genuinely make good products, like in mm-hmm. this category. Uh, but I know the qualities of the paper that you use, and I know the qualities of the cover that you use, and I know that putting those two things together is going to make an excellent, like excellent notebook. Also, we're doing mm-hmm. the cool like lay fat flat binding thing, which not very many companies do. Like very it's hard few. To do. Baron it's hard Fig to do. does, mm-hmm. I, basic, I think, and it's like so. It's it's like also good in that way it's like there's very few like it's you know that's really nice that it like lays flat it looks like one page like when you lay it down it looks like a full spread like a one piece of paper it's quite nice so Mm -hmm. that also Mm -hmm. is just it just i don't feel it's like wild to me that we could like compete on in terms of product with like these huge companies like moleskin like i would not i don't feel weird being like yeah our thing's better than moleskin which if Mm -hmm. it feels like a weird thing to be able to say with this like huge multinational company right but it's like oh no okay so i don't know i'm just i kind of like continually surprised that 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 happens it'll be it'll be really interesting to see how that works i don't know if it will tell us anything product development wise going forward because i don't know if there's that many more like paper things we want to do but you could make a but you could make these in different sizes you could make a little one yeah you could make an even bigger one one. right like it will actually Mm -hmm. you know you have taken like you have a line right you know yeah. of, of products and they inform each other yeah and this would be another line that could inform each other like yeah. you can make them in different shapes because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. that is 100 mm-hmm. what most can do right like that yeah. is their yeah. business they create something and if people like it they make every type it's yeah. big mm-hmm. it's small it's double big it's double small like and it's not a criticism like, this is what they do and like again you could do colors why not do yeah. a red one you know like obviously you've seen success in that with the pens i know it, i think it's it's weird it's probably easier to do with the pens to like to do the color because it's actually oh, just, so like, definitely you're easier you're adding yeah, yeah. the color in no matter what and but, yeah mm-hmm. you know you could do a, a green one you could do a blue one of the cute book and it could it could be really it's true it could be really nice true. to own so collabs like, collabs yep. collabs someone put put a yeah. thing on it put a mm-hmm. put a brand on it so there's stuff that to be done i'm excited about it and i know the slipcase part is very important uh, to you, right? Like I know, because I've said the panel book. You introduced it there, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's funny. I kind of I didn't piece this together until somewhat recently, but I had kind of considered the the Mark One, the first product we made with this kind of new newish philosophy for Studio Need of like we want to make a tool that lasts forever. or we want to change consumer behavior to some degree or just be more thoughtful, ha- kind of force people to consider the purchases they're making and and in terms of time scale. And it's like, oh, what does it mean to own a pen for 30 years or 50 years or whatever? What does it mean to have a utility knife where you don't have to think about utility knives anymore? You just buy this one thing and then use it forever. But it was ac- the panel book actually was – I realized, oh, that was actually the first – thing we did with this mindset where it's like you're not just filling up a notebook and throwing it away you're filling up a notebook and then keeping it and creating this history and this lineage of like here's like the work i've made over the years and there's like a story there of you know lining these uh, these books up on the shelf um these notebooks and so 
for sure, I think with Keepbook, it was really important for me to continue that story of like, let's think about the things we're making. Let's think about the things we're buying and let's kind of give them a place instead of it being this like ephemeral thing that is here and then it's gone. So that feels, it feels kind of in line with the the things we've been making for the past, you know, five years or so. It also makes it feel more special too. Just like the fact that it has a little (laughs) cover. (laughs) It's fancy. It's a fancy one. Fancy. (laughs) It's interesting because I I never keep notebooks and, Okay, it's yeah. just like not yeah. a not a way I have ever been. Like yeah. when I am done, they are recycled. Like, and I've always been this mm-hmm. way um, mm-hmm. because it is. And anything I want to keep, I scan or like I take oh. a picture of, and then it goes somewhere that is for me long term, which is digital. Because yeah. for me, like paper is not long term in that way like yeah. i can't find it like it's like oh <laughs> I, I had this thing that i wrote down where is it like it could be anywhere yeah. um like paper for me is has always been a tool of getting something out and mm-hmm. it might yeah. be like pick writing notes down in a meeting so it can go somewhere else it can be taking notes in class which are really just a way to inform uh, my thinking and to help me think things through with journaling a similar thing like i take i keep a daily journal and have done for like seven years mm-hmm. but when i am finished i recycle throw it, it away yeah oh. because <laughs> i don't tragic. write it for keeping i don't write it for keeping it is not yeah for me that has never been what journaling is it is it is purely about today and I write it for yeah. today. You're not writing it down to remember it later. You're writing it down to remember it now. <laughs> Bingo. Yeah. Smart person came up with that. But like yeah. that is that is even it for journaling for me. It's more of a way of just me being able to process emotions. It It is not about like I don't write a journal for myself in the future to come back to. It's just not a way that you I You should like think. keep one every couple of years then like. I think you might. The, the risk here is that you will have a very different opinion about that stuff in like 30 years from now maybe i have a few kicking around that like, like i've just put in a just keep one every like every couple of years keep one or something because it, it's well, like it's i i am actually like i have a i have a like a dream product to make another journal that is intended to be kept that even i would keep like you i think i mentioned it before but like you know those five-year journal yeah, thing? yeah. i want to make a one-year journal where it's split into the quarters or to seasons and every uh, three months you come back to where you were three months ago and it like forces reflection. If I make that, which I do want to do one day, uh, then even I would keep that one because that's like, that's what the product's for. It is intended. And and I would, I would journal differently if I was doing that. I would like add more context. Like in my journal right now, I might be like, oh, that call was good. because that's that's kind of but that's what it's for right i'm not like yeah the call that i have with tom and dan today was really informative because that it, it's not right it's, you see what i mean it's like a very different way of journaling yeah i get, yeah, I get what you're saying yeah it's a str- it's a strange yeah. thing I, i'm kind of the wrong person to ask because i'm very sentimental kind of sentimental and romantic about these things and it, it's like there's, romantic. there's kind of no reason for me to keep journals because they're terrible like i'm a terrible draftsman and i have terrible handwriting you know i look at like austin cleon's journals for example it's like oh yeah you should be keeping your journals like these are beautiful (laughs) you see this is this is my platform it's like all of that stuff like bullet the bullet journaling like the bujo not the actual thing Mm. what people did to it (laughs) <laughs> that's not good for people it's like it's setting up this standard of like what a journal should be which is like if you're not writing in the pinterest handwriting that everybody has you shouldn't be journaling like you're not drawing yeah. a picture of a latte every day to say you had coffee <laughs> get out of town like i think that that is like it's not good like it is the the like beauty influencer like how harmful that can be it's that on journaling for me it's like yeah and and so i feel like you got to you got to embrace your chicken scratch and just go for it, man. Exactly. So what I was going to say is even though they're ugly and uh, a lot of the content is like what you're saying, just scratched out notes that kind of have no 
personal meaning or, or really relevance into the future. But that being said, I will occasionally, you know, flip through my college, uh, you know, notebook from architecture class or whatever. And it's just cool to like dip into the brain of a 20 year old or whatever, the 20 year old version of me and be like, oh, yeah, this is where my head was at. You know, this is what I was thinking. It's like a kind of kicks me in the in the memory a little bit. Like I, I have kind of a bad memory also in general. And so that like it can work to revitalize some of those memories as well. But I would, yeah, I would reconsider, especially the like daily journaling, like you should maybe reconsider throwing those away. If you're going to throw away your like pano book type thing because it's just scratch notes from podcasts, like I'm not too offended by that, but keep your journals at least probably. <laughs> maybe. I mean, I also run through one of them like every four months. It's just like it's just going like, yeah. to keep one a year. Just keep one a year. It's not about like getting, it's not about this compendium of knowledge. It's about like, I can tell you as I've gotten older and then like, I don't have a teenage kid yet, but I'm like seeing it come on and trying to remember, I can remember scenes from a teenager, but I cannot remember what it felt like to be a teenager. And I don't have any, I never journaled or anything. So I don't have any of that feeling from teenage Tom, but there's, I think there's some real, that, that just evaporates so easily The like, or at least to me, the like, what it felt like to be then. And so having some mm. artifacts is, mm. I think, useful, you know? I, I see what you mean, but also just like to be a teenager today from when we were teenagers. I mean, there's no comparison. <laughs> oh, that, I know, right? but yeah. no, I'm talking I know, more about I know that's like not what you're saying. Rebellion. Yeah. Yeah, 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 there are yeah. some, yeah, there are some feelings that are universal, universal. Yeah. for sure. <laughs> and also, uh, do you want to know what your kids are thinking yeah. about? You know, like. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I just, but it's just, you know, I remember like as a teenager, I'm sure being like, when I'm a grown up, when I'm a dad, I'm going to do like this and blah, blah, blah. And like all of that's gone. Like all that feeling of like yeah. what I, you know, and I think that'd be like useful to have reflected in memory to me now that I'm like, will be raising a teenager, you know? Yeah. But soon. this is all, there's also an interesting conversation of like this, <laughs> This keeping of all these things, uh, a cynical word for that is hoarding. <laughs> so like <laughs> what there, there's a, there's yeah. a tension with yeah. if you have like a kind of minimalist or like you want to not have stuff and you want like a kind of clear existence, like that is what it's battling up against. So yeah, yeah you always have to be mindful of that, of course. Oh, so you mean like my middle road path? Of like keep one every couple of years. You mean the exact yeah. Buddhist path here yeah. that I'm suggesting to you? Wow. <laughs> I'm converted. You did it. <laughs> Thoroughly considered is a joint production between Relay FM and Studio Neat. You can find out more about this episode by going to relay.fm slash TC slash one oh seven. 